This is AFF On Air, the Australian Frequent Flyer podcast, bringing you the latest news, tips and tricks for Australian travellers. G'day, welcome to episode number 17 of the AFF On Air podcast. It's Saturday the 10th of August 2019 and I'm your host Matt Graham. Coming up in today's episode, how to choose the right Frequent Flyer program. And is it worth sticking with Qantas or Velocity Frequent Flyer when moving overseas? Also coming up, it's now just over a month until the changes to the Qantas Frequent Flyer program take effect. That's coming up later in the episode, but first, let's see what's making news on Australian Frequent Flyer this fortnight. And firstly, Qantas will switch its Sydney to Santiago route from a four-weekly Boeing 747 service to a daily Boeing 787 Dreamliner service from the 24th of June next year. The change represents a modest overall increase in capacity on the route. Come June next year, this will leave Qantas with just two remaining Boeing 747 routes, Sydney to Haneda and Sydney to Johannesburg. Qantas is due to retire all of its remaining Boeing 747s by the end of next year. The announcement comes as LATAM Airlines prepares to launch non-stop Dreamliner flights of its own between Sydney and Santiago in October. Meanwhile, another Qantas partner, American Airlines, has just announced five new long-haul routes. American will soon fly non-stop from Dallas-Fort Worth to Tel Aviv and from Philadelphia to Casablanca, which is a hub for the new One World Airline, Royal Air Maroc. American is also adding three routes from Chicago to destinations across Eastern Europe. If you're in Sydney, you can already tap on and off most of the public transport using a credit card or any other form of contactless payment like a debit card or a smartphone. And as of the start of August, you'll also now get all of the usual Opal card benefits when you do so. This includes the daily and weekly travel caps, the 50% discount after eight weekly trips, discounts when connecting between different modes of transport, and $2.70 rides all day on Sundays. With this change, there's now really no need to carry an Opal card in Sydney unless you're eligible for a discounted or concession fare. Certain American Express card holders are now eligible for instant silver status with the Hilton Honours Loyalty Program of Hilton Hotels. The eligible cards in Australia are the Amex Gold Card, Amex Explorer, Amex Platinum Reserve, Amex Rewards Advantage, Amex Business Explorer, and finally Amex Gold Business. There are three status tier levels in the Hilton Honours Program, Silver, Gold, and Diamond, with Silver being the lowest of these, and it's normally earned after staying at least four times or ten total nights at Hilton Hotels in a year. The benefits of Hilton's Silver status include 20% bonus points, complimentary gym access, two bottles of water when you stay, and you'll also get every fifth night free when you're redeeming points for award nights. Keep in mind that Amex Platinum and Centurion card holders are eligible for Hilton Gold status. Qantas has finished trialling a new lounge arrangement at Denpasar Airport in Bali, Indonesia. Eligible Qantas passengers with a business class ticket or frequent flyer status are normally sent to the Premier Lounge in Denpasar before their flight. But this lounge isn't that great and it's often overcrowded in the evening when the Qantas flights to Australia depart. Now the rest of the airport lounges in Denpasar aren't much better either, so Qantas has come up with a clever solution of its own. It's instead for the last month or so been sending people to a special area within the Novotel Airport Hotel at Denpasar, just a short walk from the check-in area. Feedback of the trial lounge on the Australian Frequent Flyer Forum has been very positive, so let's hope that Qantas will make that arrangement permanent. 
ANZ Rewards, meanwhile, has removed the ability to transfer points to all frequent flyer programs except for Velocity Frequent Flyer on its website. To transfer ANZ Rewards points to Cathay Pacific Asia Miles, Singapore Airlines Chris Flyer, or Air New Zealand's Air Points, you'll now have to phone ANZ during business hours and wait up to 18 business days for the points to arrive. Frankly, this seems like a pretty backward step. Thousands of Qantas passengers have been affected by long delays and cancellations across the airline's international network this week, including a group of about 100 scouts stuck in Los Angeles. It's because four Qantas A380s were out of service for a while, with two aircraft currently undergoing scheduled heavy maintenance and another uh, two aircraft out of action with unforeseen mechanical issues. Qantas, mind you, only has 12 A380s. The schedule is slowly being restored, but some A380s still remain out of service and there are still some delays. Meanwhile, passengers in the UK have been affected by several major problems this past week. A strike at London's Heathrow Airport had been planned for last week. Now, this was called off at the last minute, but then the next day British Airways had a major system failure that resulted in hundreds of cancelled British Airways flights. The Heathrow Airport strike has now been rescheduled for August 23 and 24, so you might want to avoid that airport on those dates if you can. And the Australian government this week has increased its security advice for travellers going to Hong Kong. The government is now warning Australians in Hong Kong to exercise a high degree of caution because protests have become more predictable and are expected to continue. The government's Spart Traveller website says that there is a risk of violent confrontation between protesters and police or criminally linked individuals, particularly at unauthorised protests. The risk is greater at night and on weekends. AFF members on the ground in Hong Kong say that they feel safe, but the advice is to avoid large public gatherings. That's what's making news this fortnight. For more regular news, updates and deals, subscribe to the Australian Frequent Flyer Gazette or follow Australian Frequent Flyer on Facebook. It's been a little while since I did an Ask Med segment, so in this episode I wanted to spend a bit of time answering some of the questions that you've been sending in. And firstly, sorry that it's taken so long to answer some of these, but I really do appreciate all of your questions and feedback. So please do keep them coming both in the AFF on-air discussion thread where these questions were asked and also on Apple Podcasts. Now, the first question today that I want to get to is from Phil Osman. Uh, So Phil says, hi, Matt. I love the podcast. Your style is very easy to listen to. Thank you, Phil. Appreciate it. I'm Irish and I've been living in Sydney for 14 years, however we've now decided to move to Dublin with our two kids who are four and six months old. And he has 600,000 velocity points and also 600,000 Qantas points and Phil is velocity gold. So Phil asks, should I burn all my points before leaving or, or are there ways to use the points from both programs for flights around Europe? I'll talk about um, velocity points first, Phil, since you're gold with them. Now, Velocity, unfortunately, has barely any useful partner airlines in Europe, and the one airline that they do have, Alitalia, is on the verge of bankruptcy. So if you're living in Dublin, I think you'll find that, well, firstly, having to fly via Italy to get pretty much anywhere in Europe is not that practical unless you want to fly um, somewhere in Southeast Europe or to Italy itself. But also, yeah, there aren't really that many partners that are useful for you. Virgin Australia does partner with Virgin Atlantic, but at this point, Virgin Atlantic only operates long-haul flights out of the UK or London and Manchester to be specific. 
Now, Virgin Atlantic is buying Flybe, which could open up some more options for you in the future, but there's been no announcement yet about when or even whether you'll be able to actually redeem Flyby, um, Velocity Points sorry, for Flybe flights. Now, Flybe, if you're not familiar, is a regional airline based in the UK, which does a lot of domestic and short intra-Europe flights. So with that in mind, with those being really the only options, it's probably best to use those velocity points for long-haul flights. If you're in Dublin and want to fly to the US, for example, you could redeem velocity points to fly on Delta or Virgin Atlantic, and that could be good value for you. You can also use the velocity points, for example, to fly to South Africa with South African Airways if you wanted to have a holiday there. And of course, you can use them to fly back to Australia. Velocity partners with Etihad and Singapore Airlines. If you're wanting to get between Sydney and Dublin, Etihad is really the logical choice because it's just one stop through Abu Dhabi. Now with Qantas points, Qantas does have a few partner airlines based in Europe, although unfortunately for you, Phil, the most useful one of those, Aer Lingus, actually ceased to be a Qantas partner last month. So Aer Lingus, of course, is the national airline of Ireland based in Dublin, which is uh, where you'll be living. Uh, you do still have British Airways, Iberia and Finnair in Europe, which are in the One World Alliance and Qantas partners. And if you're living in Ireland, British Airways is probably going to be the most useful for you, although with their high fuel surcharges on reward bookings, it sometimes would be cheaper actually just to buy a ticket. Now, to be honest with you, Phil, Star Alliance, if you're living in Europe, is much, much more useful than One World or the kind of mishmash network of um, Velocity Partner Airlines. And if I were you, I'd probably be looking to move over to Star Alliance. Now, in your case, I'm probably going to recommend United Mileage Plus for a couple of reasons. Now, as uh, United is a Star Alliance airline, you can uh, earn and redeem United Miles on all of the Star Alliance airlines across Europe, and there are so many more than, than you have in the One World Alliance. So the Star Alliance airlines based in Europe, you have Lufthansa, Austrian Airlines, Swissair, Brussels Airlines, Adria, Aegean, Lot, Polish Airlines, Croatia Airlines, you have SAS in Scandinavia, and you've also got Turkish Airlines, which flies to Dublin as well. And United is also, as it happens, a partner of Aer Lingus, which means that you can earn and redeem United miles whenever you fly on Aer Lingus, which you might be doing a fair bit if you're based in Dublin. And the other thing uh, with United is if you already have Velocity Gold, you could apply for a status match to United Gold. And if you're approved, you get all of the benefits of Star Alliance status for three months. That's as, as a United Gold member. And you can extend this status until January 2021 by flying on a certain number of miles um, on United Airlines within 90 days. And for the Gold Challenge, you just need to earn 12,500 PQMs or Premier Qualifying Niles with United. And that, that does need to be on United flights. But if you're living in Dublin, you could do this fairly easily by flying from Dublin across to the United States with um, United and then doing a few flights maybe around the US while you're there. Now, Phil also asks, do you have any suggestions for a one-way route back from Sydney to Dublin with a nice family stopover, somewhere that would put a dent in one of those program points, business class ideally? Uh, well, firstly, Phil, um, you've mentioned you want a stopover. Keep in mind that neither Qantas nor Velocity Frequent Flyer allow free stopovers on award tickets. So if you're stopping on the way for more than 24 hours, basically you're going to be splitting up the award into two separate tickets and you're going to be paying separately for uh, those two point-to-point -point segments, basically. There's no free stopovers. 
in your case, I would have said probably a week ago to fly Virgin Australia to Hong Kong and then uh, stop over in Hong Kong and continue to London on Virgin Atlantic. Uh, and then obviously from London to Dublin, you can uh, make your way with a short, cheap flight on one of the many airlines flying that route. Um, but yeah, with the issues in Hong Kong at the moment, perhaps you might reconsider. In any case, my suggestion would be to try and use up the velocity points now as these are going to be the least useful for you, I think, once you're in Europe. The obvious choice then would be Etihad Airways, which has pretty good business class award availability and it's just one stop through Abu Dhabi. Um, and obviously you can stop over then in Abu Dhabi. Although Etihad does have those carrier charges, which can actually they add up to quite a bit if you're flying in business class and there's four of you. Although I'm not sure that they're charged on the infant ticket. Uh, but the, the other one with uh, velocity points, which is an obvious one, will be Singapore Airlines via Singapore with a stopover there. But for something a bit different, you could um, make your way over to Perth and then fly with South African Airways from Perth to Johannesburg using velocity points. There are often four seats and sometimes even more available in business class with, with South African Airways on that route from Perth to Johannesburg. And South African also has no fuel surcharges, so it's a good use of velocity points. And um, it's also a really interesting destination. So along the way, you could spend some time in South Africa. You might, for example, go and visit Cape Town or drive down the garden route, or you could even go on a safari in Kruger National Park, which is always fun. And then to get from South Africa to Europe after you finished your stopover, you could pick up South African Airways again. They fly from Johannesburg to Frankfurt, Munich and London, among other places. Or, or you could also use Velocity Points to fly with Virgin Atlantic from Johannesburg to London. Uh, alternatively, if you wanted to use up some of those Qantas points, you could fly with British Airways from your choice of Cape Town, Johannesburg or Durban to London and then continue onwards to Dublin. And South Africa is, is such an interesting destination. So if I were in that situation, that's probably what I would do, Phil. I hope that helps and good luck with the move over to Ireland, Phil. The next question today is from Scott, whose AFF handle is Mr. Isolated. And Scott lives in Perth. Uh, Scott writes, hi, Matt, fantastic podcast. This coming from someone who doesn't normally listen to them. Well, thank you so much, Scott. My partner and I have our sights set on business class tickets next year from Perth to Japan and back. We currently have 70,000 Qantas points with another 250,000 or so arriving in the next six months. My question is, was this the most sensible choice of rewards program for these flights? Also, what is the best method for newbies to find the correct program once they have chosen their destination? Is this as simple as using rewards programs that allow transfers to different airline programs? Well, thanks for the question, Scott. And um, I guess what I would say um, to newbies is once you've decided where you want to fly, the next thing you should do before you start applying for credit cards or anything like that is work out what the best program would be to get to where you want to go. Now, for the Perth to Japan route, the, there is one airline that flies direct from Perth to Japan, to Tokyo Narita to be specific, and that's All Nippon Airways or ANA for short. So, for that particular route, ANA is really the logical choice, and as it happens, ANA also has pretty good business class award availability for two passengers between Perth and Narita. Unfortunately for you, though, Scott, they're in the wrong alliance. So ANA is a member of Star Alliance and not One World, so you can't really redeem your Qantas points for that. Now, if you happen to have, for example, Singapore Airlines Chrysfly miles, you could have redeemed those for business class seats on the direct Perth to Narita flight. 
Um, alternatively, it's actually cheaper on that route to use Virgin Atlantic Flying Club miles, which you can transfer to from American Express membership rewards. Uh, and I, I realize that Flying Club is a bit of a niche, but you know, as they are an Amex transfer partner, it is possible to earn those um, miles, albeit indirectly, in Australia. So. Um, it's always worth looking at these kinds of things. And just to give you an idea, it's 166,000 Chris Fly miles round trip for one passenger in business class, Perth to Japan. But with Flying Club, it's only 90,000 miles round trip for business class. And the taxes for that will be around $500 return in business class with both programs. Uh, I did write uh, an article about the All Nippon Airways flights from Perth to Narita earlier in the year, which I've linked to in the episode notes if you're interested. Now, that said, um, that spot's good for the Perth to Narita route, but there are other programs that might be more useful if you're traveling to a different destination. So with that in mind, I would say that for newbies, the most sensible rewards program to be using is not a specific airlines program, but one where you can transfer the points to a range of different frequent flyer programs as you need them. A good one for that is Amex membership rewards, but there are also, um, you know, most of the banks have their own credit card rewards programs where you can transfer at a minimum to, you know, three or four different airlines. And that's that's really good because it doesn't lock you into one frequent flyer program, which might not actually suit your needs uh, depending on how you want to use the points. Now, that said, if, if you are earning Qantas points, that's okay. Um, so to get from Perth to Japan, you've basically got four options. So you could fly with Qantas on their uh, flight from Perth to Singapore and then connect onwards to Tokyo with Japan Airlines. You've also got Cathay Pacific via Hong Kong. Uh, you could fly with Malaysia Airlines through Kuala Lumpur. Or you could fly with Qantas, although that would require you to fly from Perth to one of the cities on the east coast of Australia, Brisbane, Melbourne or Sydney, and then up uh, to Japan, which is quite a detour and you know quite a long travel time. But you know, could be done. Even though in this case, I would say if you were starting out, go for the flying club miles. That's the, it's also the cheapest option and, and the most direct. Even though you do have Qantas points, you know, there are still options too. So that's okay. Uh, finally, just uh, some feedback from uh, an AFF member with the handle Revenge who lives in the Gold Coast. Uh, and this member says, still really enjoying the podcast. Fantastic content every episode. Thank you for the great resource. On a constructive note, the sound quality of the interviews continues to be poor. In the last episode, the voices of Matt and the guest were completely different volumes, so I had to keep turning the car sound volume up and down to be able to hear properly. Uh, now, thanks, Revenge, for the constructive feedback, which is always welcome. Yeah, as uh, you're probably aware, this is my first time producing a podcast, so it has been a bit of a learning curve, but I think I hope I'm slowly getting my head around things like the audio quality and, you know, getting the right recording equipment. And I do hope that over time, the audio quality has and uh, will continue to improve. Certainly since the first episode, I uh, I think it's now much better, but uh, we'll continue to work on that. And I've, I've noted the feedback about um, balancing the volume. So thanks a lot, Revenge, for that. Time now for a quick break. Back soon. Hi, this is Clifford Reichlin of the Australian Frequent Flyer. Are you having difficulty in redeeming your Frequent Flyer points? Did you know that Matt manages the popular award flight assist service from Frequent Flyer Solutions, our sister website? This personalized service makes it easy for you to get where you want to go for the minimum amount of points. Go to frequentflyer.com.au for more. Welcome back. 
There is now a bit over a month until the Qantas frequent flyer changes kick in. I talked about these changes in some detail with Mark Ross Smith in episode number 14, so if you haven't already listened to that episode, I would encourage you to go back and have a listen to that. Mark has some great insights in that interview about frequent flyer programs. But at this point, you might wish to start thinking about redeeming some of those Qantas points before the changes take effect. Now, the key changes are going to come in on the 18th of September. It's in uh, just over five weeks. And the main ones to be aware of are the increase in the number of points required to upgrade on Qantas flights, and that increase is going to be about 9%. Also, the One World Award is going to become more expensive in premium economy, business and first class as are all other classic flight reward bookings in any premium cabin. Qantas says it will decrease the carrier charges payable for premium cabin awards booked on Qantas Metal after the 18th of September in order to compensate for the price increases. But we don't actually know yet how much these reductions will be, except on the one route where they've already been announced, and that's from Australia to London. On flights from Sydney, Melbourne or Perth to London, you'll, after the 18th of September, be paying $700 in carrier charges on a round-trip business or first-class booking instead of the current $1,080. Now, that's um, you know a decent decrease. It's $380 less. But mind you, it's still $700 higher than what Singapore Airlines charges in carrier charges if you were to redeem Chrisflyer miles to fly with them over to London. So it still is actually quite expensive. Now, the other kicker here is that the award flight prices on partner airlines, the number of points you'll need to redeem for partner airline bookings will also increase on the 18th of September. But on the partner airlines, the taxes and charges are going to remain exactly the same. So you're going to be paying more points than the same in uh, in cash. Keep in mind that you can book award travel now for travel after the 18th of September. And in fact, most airlines do allow you to book award seats up to 11 or 12 months in advance. So if you're planning to redeem your Qantas points for a One World Award, that's the one that allows you to travel around the world with up to five stopovers, or for any partner airline award ticket in a premium cabin, now is the time to do it if you're planning to travel in the next year. Also remember that if you request an upgrade with Qantas points before the 18th of September, you'll be able to take advantage of the current lower pricing, even if your upgrade is confirmed after the 18th of September. So the price that will be charged is based on when you've requested it. So if you've got some upcoming travel on Qantas and you've been uh, thinking about requesting an upgrade using points, you might want to do that now rather than after the 18th of September. Now, keep in mind with these changes uh, coming up, it's not all doom and gloom. Qantas has already opened up award bookings on Air New Zealand for domestic flights in New Zealand, which is good news. And after the 18th of September, we expect that you'll also be able to redeem Qantas points for selected routes on Air France, KLM and Bangkok Airways as well. And this is pretty good news because these airlines also have, uh, as far as I can tell, reasonably good award availability. Now with KLM, you'll be able to redeem Qantas points to book flights between Singapore and Amsterdam. And with Air France, the routes that are available are from Singapore to Paris and Hong Kong to Paris. Keep in mind, unfortunately, that these are the only routes you'll be able to book using Qantas points. These are routes that Qantas code shares with these airlines on. But yeah, it's not a full network-wide partnership, unfortunately. But if you want to travel to Europe and you're able to get to Singapore using another airline, you know, it could be a good option. Now, if you want to know more about the upcoming Qantas frequent flyer changes and how you can prepare in a way that maximizes your points, 
I will be hosting an hour-long webinar next Wednesday, the 14th of August, and it'll be at 8pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. That webinar will be over at our sister website, Frequent Fire Solutions. In the webinar, I'll talk about uh, what's actually changing, some tips to redeem your points before the price increases take effect, how to redeem points with new, the new Qantas partner airlines, uh, some loopholes that you can use to take advantage of the changes in your favour, and I'll also talk about lifetime Qantas status, the upcoming Qantas Points Club, what to do after the changes take effect, and also some alternatives to the Qantas Frequent Flyer program if you might be thinking about making the switch, particularly if you're uh, looking at maybe getting that lifetime platinum status. As uh, Mark explained in episode 14, the Qantas program might not actually be the best place for you to do that. Now, if you would like to attend this webinar, please keep in mind you must register in advance. For more information, check out the link in the episode notes. And also keep in mind that if you would like some personalized assistance with redeeming your Qantas points before the changes, don't forget that Frequent Flyer Solutions also offers the award flight assist service that might be able to help you. That's just about all for this fortnight's episode. Before I go, I just thought I'd mention that I did take a couple of flights on Air New Zealand since last fortnight's episode, where you might recall I quite strongly criticised their wrapping safety video. Well, I'm pleased to say that Air New Zealand has brought out a brand new safety video last week, and I have to say it's much easier to watch. Now, I'm not sure about all the All Blacks references in that video, but at least George Gregan made an appearance, that was nice. And interestingly, the new video actually acknowledges how terrible and how difficult to understand the previous safety video was, so there you go. Also, I found it interesting to note that on one of my Air New Zealand flights, uh, the aircraft actually belonged to Eva Air, which is a Star Alliance airline based in Taiwan. And so it seems that once again, Air New Zealand is leasing aircraft from other airlines while it deals with the unscheduled um, engine maintenance on its Dreamliner fleet. And this time, it's a Boeing 777 from one of its partner airlines. You might remember that it... Uh, a couple of summers ago, Air New Zealand was leasing aircraft from HiFly, which is a Portuguese leasing company. And actually, HiFly has been doing pretty good business um, due to the Dreamliner issues that have grounded quite a few Dreamliners from different airlines around the world while they deal with some of those engine issues. Anyway, that's it for another episode of AFF On Air. Thank you, as always, so, so much for listening. For more information about anything discussed in today's episode, check out the episode notes or visit australianfrequentflyer.com.au. In the episode notes, you'll also find a link to an Australian Frequent Flyer thread where you can discuss anything from today's episode or leave me a comment or ask a question. I'm Matt Graham, and I'll be back next fortnight with more news, tips, and tricks for Australian travellers. Until then, happy flying! Happy flying!